Welcome to The Faint Wick. I'm Melissa Strickland. I'm thinking that since this is our second episode and we've all become instant BFFs, this might be the perfect time to tackle the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Healing. Let's start with a quick survey. Now understand that I have a superpower that allows me to see through the microphone into your home so I'll know if you're participating or not. Yes, that's my superpower. Pretty cool, right? So, okay, raise your hand if you have ever prayed that your loved one would be healed. Let's see. One, two, three. Just as I expected. Every hand is raised, including my own for those of you who don't have the superpower of seeing into my home, which is very sad for you because it really is an awesome superpower. So we've established that at least once, and maybe more like a million times, we've all prayed for our sick and disabled loved ones to be healed, or at the very least for them to have some kind of respite from the pain and suffering. Now, and you don't have to raise your hands for this one. How many of us have felt frustrated, bitter, angry, or hopeless when that physical healing didn't come? I'm just going to come right out and say that I have felt every one of those things. Did the healing not come because our God, you know, the one who created the heavens and the earth and knows the stars by name, is it because that God doesn't have the power to heal? Well, the Bible says otherwise, doesn't it? Matthew chapter 14, verses 34 through 36 say, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. That's some pretty powerful power, my friends. So much overwhelming power, in fact, that it flowed through the threads of his garment. Yes, Jesus can heal. And yet sometimes he just doesn't. Sometimes there is no respite from the pain. Sometimes we're left sitting there watching our loved ones suffer and bearing the responsibility of caring for them in their suffering. And I'm not just talking about physical issues here. I know there are folks out there caring for loved ones with PTSD and mental illness. We're, we're all in different situations. And our prayers look different, but deep down inside, we're just praying for something to give. I'm just going to be honest, and you can judge me as you please, but Sometimes I have prayed for my husband to be healed so that my life could be easier, so that I wouldn't have to hurt, because I feel like I just can't take it anymore. And when that physical healing, that miraculous moment doesn't come, don't we ask why? Why, Lord? You can do miracles. 
Maybe you've even seen him work miracles in the lives of others. So why not you? Why not me? I've mentioned before that my husband Robinson and I were living in New York City when he was first diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2002. And my tendency is always to look back on those pre-diagnosis days through rose-colored glasses. My fabulous life left behind. But here's the straight scoop. I was directionless and living way beyond our means. I spent extravagantly for that fabulous life. And let's face it, New York is a very expensive place to live. We were in a bad place financially. As for Robinson, his life was consumed by alcohol. And it reached the point where he would sometimes even pass out drunk on the subway and wake up in a place he hadn't intended to go. And sometimes it was a dangerous place that he hadn't intended to go. He thought our life was a mess because of my spending habits, and I was convinced that he was ruining everything. We went to church almost every Sunday. In fact, we loved our church. But by Sunday evening, we would often be fighting. And, and I say fighting, not arguing. We never threw punches, except for the occasional shots that were taken at the walls. But it was fighting. It was vicious. It was hurtful. And it nearly always ended with one of us screaming, I want a divorce. And then came MS. Robinson's first attack landed him in the hospital, unable to see. He now calls it his road to Damascus moment. And he just laid in that hospital bed listening to scripture on his iPod. Remember the iPod? Everybody had an iPod because we didn't have iPhones. He was reminded of his utter dependence on God. And I was reminded of my love for my husband. As the disability progressed, Robinson was no longer able to work, and we ended up moving closer to family in North Carolina. I was miserable. I felt like my world had come to an end, and I just wanted to run as far and as fast as I could away from that place. In fact, I joined the Army National Guard and shipped off to boot camp. But that's another story. One night, after I got back from basic training, I took a long walk around our neighborhood. I was working in a job I hated, in a town I disliked, with no friends, no fabulous life. I was in the pit. So I walked and I sobbed, like like ugly, blubber sobbing. I would worry about what the neighbors thought, but we lived in one of those downtown areas that had been revitalized slash gentrified, where, where everyone drove fancy cars and everyone was very artsy, but they never spoke to each other. 
I'm sure they were nice people, but, but what I'm trying to say is that they didn't notice me. I was alone. So as I walked, I cried and I cried out to God and I begged, heal Robinson, please heal him. I can't do this life. Lord, please heal him. And then I felt the Lord speak into my heart like a lightning bolt, like I physically felt it, it like a burning. And I, and I, and I just felt the Lord say to me in that moment, I have healed him and I am healing you and I will continue to heal you according to my will. Boom. There you go. It was like I had been hit by a truck. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, the Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, God's definition of healing is a much higher thought than my definition. God's goal is to make us whole in Christ, and our souls are so much more precious to him than our bodies. I'm not saying that he doesn't care about the pain, the disability, the PTSD, the mental illness. What I'm saying is that he is capable of and loves us enough to heal our hearts and our souls, and sometimes that healing has to come through pain. And according to his perfect plan, he may choose not to grant physical healing. And get ready for this. He may not work a miracle of physical healing for your loved one because he loves you too much to allow that in your life. Now understand, I am not saying that your loved one's illness or disability is a result of the sin in your life. And I am not saying that God is punishing you so that you'll turn yourself around. In John chapter 9, Jesus encounters a blind man and his disciples ask, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus tells them, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God would be displayed in him. So what I am saying is that God loves you so very much. And what I am saying is that if you draw near to him in this difficult journey that you're on, my friends, you may get a healing miracle that is deeper and stronger and more glorious than you could have ever imagined. And just like the blind man in John chapter 9, the world will be able to see the power of the living God through the healing of your soul. Are you willing to accept that kind of devastating, miraculous love? Will you turn to him and ask him to heal you, your anger, your hurts, your frustration, your disappointment, your darkest places? 
I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for healing for your loved one. I pray for it every day. But as we wait for a miraculous physical healing that may or may not come, according to God's perfect will, can we agree together right now to cling tightly to the Lord and allow Him to work in us according to His will to bring wholeness and holiness to us? Today I thought we'd end with a song. I find music to be very healing to my soul. And and this is a song Robinson and I recorded recently called Leave It There. It was written by Charles Tinley in the early 1900s, and, and it's probably best known for the version Joey and Rory did just a few years ago, which is particularly poignant because there's a situation, Joey and Rory, where the physical healing didn't come. So one of the verses of this song says, If your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain, and your soul is slowly sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Friends, he doesn't just heal pain and sickness. He feels your pain and heals despair. I pray you find the healing you need today in the precious love your Savior has for you. Here's the song. I hope it blesses your day. If this world from you withholds of its silver and its gold and you have to get along on meager fare Just remember in his word How he feeds the little birds Take your burden to the Lord Leave it there Leave it there Leave it there Just take your burden to the Lord Oh, leave it there trust him through your doubt he will surely bring you out take your burden to the Lord leave it there if your body suffers pain then your health you can't regain And your soul is slowly sinking in despair Jesus knows the pain you feel He can save and He can heal Take your burden to the Lord Leave it there Leave it there Surely 
bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. Leave it there. 